Hello and welcome into the What's Up Peoria podcast. I am your host, Nathaniel Washburn, back with another episode for you, coming to you from the main library and Amplify studio here on our beautiful main campus in beautiful downtown Peoria. I am very excited because this episode is kicking off our Historic Preservation Month, and we are doing a whole series of Historic Preservation podcasts to talk about all the importance of preserving our history here in Peoria, and we have different guests lined up throughout the month of May we are going to be doing this, but to kick things off here in the month of April, as kind of a precursor to this podcast series, I have the chairman of our Historic Preservation Commission, Mr. Mike Fusco here with me. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nathaniel. Thanks. Doing really well. Awesome. And Mike is here to talk about historic preservation. Uh, he has got a wonderful story to tell on his own. He, uh, he I, I won't spoil anything, but he's got a, a great personal story to share, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about historic preservation and how important it is. And May, the month of May, is Historic Preservation Month, which is why we are doing this month-long podcast series during the month of May so that we can make sure we are hitting all those important elements of historic preservation. So we will talk more about that coming up, and we're going to talk more with Mike and, and talk about his journey here in Peoria. Before we get to that, though, do want to mention a few upcoming events that are happening. Uh, I've talked about this uh, event uh, <laughs> over the last few episodes, but it's one of our best. Very excited. Um, coming up this weekend on April 8th is the 47th annual Dolly Sanchez Easter Celebration. And uh, this happens at the Peoria Sports Complex from 8 to 12. Uh, lots of fun. This one's been going on, Mike, for 47 years. Do you yes, <laughs> do you remember the, the, the ones previous to this? I mean, how important is this event to Peoria? This is important. It, it was at one time when it was, it was a little downtown area where we would get together and the library did support that and they would put that on and then dolly uh, sanchez passed away yes and then arlene seaton one of our city councilwomen at the time uh took over and made that into a larger process and we started at peoria high school okay and then as we developed the uh sports complex this took on a life of its own it really has taken off. I mean, it's huge. And I know that uh, Dolly started this with just a small little Easter egg hunt that she used to do at Varney Park, if, I, if I'm correct. That, that's correct. Yeah. It started at Varney. I think we moved it to the high school probably a couple years later. Right. But it's always been a local event. Yes. And that, that's part of it. It's been part of Peoria for going on 50 years. Yeah, isn't that amazing? 47 it, years yeah, we've been doing this. It so really is. That's very cool. It's cool to get your perspective too, Mike, because uh, obviously your history here in Peoria is phenomenal. So. Thanks. Well, my children went to this. That's, I mean, uh, it was a family affair. <laughs> and it still is, which is great, yes, right? Yes, sir. And to all the families out there, if you haven't been to the, e the Easter celebration, uh, make sure you get out there. It's uh, happening at the Peoria Sports Complex. There's going to be, uh, obviously, you can meet Mr. and Mrs. Easter Bunny, uh, there's going to be the dino crew is going to be out there, obstacle courses, inflatables, food, um, you name it, it's going to be out there. And it's fun for the entire family. And I'm just excited that they still do this event. I am too. I, I think it's a great thing. Very, very cool. Um, the other thing going on uh, this weekend is uh, Second Saturdays. That's happening every uh, second Saturday of the, the good weather months. Um, we have Second Saturdays out in downtown Peoria. And uh, that's just a chance to come out and hear great music, have some good 
food and just enjoy the evenings and in, in April, you know, it's great weather. So uh, make sure you get out to second Saturdays. That's also happening uh, this weekend, April 8th to, uh, to make sure you get out there and have a good time. Also wanted to uh, remind everybody that we have three park fests coming up in the month of April. And uh, those for you, those of you that may not know what a park fest is, it's just um, a very small uh, event that happens in the, the neighborhoods around Peoria. Um, they're at the different neighborhood parks, and it's a chance for you to come out and connect with city personnel uh, and city officials. And um, there's always something going on, movies, uh, entertainment, and there are three uh, in the ha- happening in the month of April. So uh, make sure you check the Peoria website for more information to see if there's a park fest near you. So a lot going on in April. We are through March. March was a very busy month. April just as busy and a lot going on. But I want to switch gears back to Mike. Uh, Mike is is here, as I said, to help us kick off the Historic Preservation Podcast Series. Uh, And Mike... um, you know, I, I kind of talked a little bit about the Easter celebration. It's cool because usually when I do the events, I don't have somebody with your historical <laughs> knowledge in in here to talk about the events. But just in general, um, before I kind of get into to your story, mm-hmm. in general, how important is historic preservation to you as the chairman of the commission? How do you? What's the importance of historic preservation to you? It, it's looking back and remembering three things. If a community knows where it's been, it's going to have a better sense of where it's going. And it needs to have it. Second, it gives people a sense of home and belonging. We're part of an area that expanded quick. What, we got about four and a half million in in, in Maricopa County. Oh, yeah, right. Big. So uh, folks are looking for a sense of community. And, uh, you know, a lot of times you'll see people build that into their neighborhoods and things of that nature. But at some point, it's always going to come back to the the municipality. Absolutely. That's where it's going to go. The third thing is, remember, that folks are reaching out. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks don't know as many people. I mean, when I was a youngster, you knew everybody. You right. went out in the street, somebody brought you in. Today, f- folks are a little more transit. They're a little more, they move around. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing in my neighborhood is people are starting to stay. I think there's something that has always been in Peoria that has an illusion. It brings people in. It yeah. allures them. And I, I, I still think that's a big part of it is getting out getting to know your neighbors, getting involved in the community. But historical preservation gives you a sense of of belonging, a sense of a history, that it's not something that just started. Peoria's been here for over 100 years. Yeah, right. No, it's, absolutely. It, I mean, it started when some uh, settlers came out from Peoria. Uh, right, yeah. And so you know how it goes. It's it's amazing. And I really like what you said. You have to know where you've been you do. To, to help you know where you're going. And and I think that's where that preservation piece comes in. You have a very unique uh story. Um, you have a very unique uh, understanding of Peoria. You've been around Peoria for a, a while. Tell us a little bit about your journey, your connection to Peoria, and sure. then a little bit about you coming on as the first firefighter ever. Well, uh, a connection is I was West Valley uh, most okay. of my life. Uh, we came out when I was very young. My mom took sick. We moved to Arizona to save her life. It worked. Wow. She got another 50, almost 55 years. So it was a good move. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was a great move. Uh, and I, I wrestled in high school. I, w- I was on the team, I'll say. I'll say I wrestled. <laughs> but uh, I actually come out, and I think I had a few matches out here against uh, some of the guys. We wrestled in Peoria one mm-hmm. day. And uh, we got talking after the meeting. They said, hey, why don't you come on out? We're going to have a little get-together in what is right at 83rd Avenue and uh, uh, Thunderbird. Okay. Uh, was for, uh, 
cornfields, farm fields. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So we went out there, had a little kid's party, you know, a couple, of, you know how it is. We got ran off by the you local. You were teenagers, right? Teenagers. So you, you went out and found your spot. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that, you know, right? We got uh, ran off by, of all people, the uh, farmer, and uh, I believe it was Mr. Bissinger, uh, came out on his tractor and ran us off in a nice way. And then I moved into Peoria. I got out of the service in 72. Okay. Uh, married my high school sweetheart in 73, uh, Patty. I, did I married my high school sweetheart. We have something in common, Mike. Yes, That's sir. awesome. I married her. Uh, you know, we uh, had raised our family here in Peoria, moved in in 73 to the what used to be the Mastercraft homes right off of about 72nd Avenue, just uh, just off of uh, Peoria. Okay. And it was one of the first new neighborhoods. I mean, I'm sure there was others, but I keyed on that because it was close to my parents, close to my job. It was everything I wanted. Nice. So it worked out. Pure was a natural. But what drew me here was the sense of community. I missed it. I came from a small town in upstate New York. Left when I was nine. Oh, okay. Uh, we lived west side most of our life out here. I went to a small school. One of my schools had six classrooms. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you, you get that build. And everything here was here. But what actually added more to it were the people. Of course, just, right? That's And I'm, you said that before, that. that's what makes community is the people that you live near and Absolutely. the neighbors that you have. Good people make good things happen. Absolutely. It's just the nature of the animal. For sure. So so you move out here and you started out as a volunteer firefighter, yes. correct? I was working in Sun City with Real Metro Fire. Okay. And uh, good job. You know, you want to be a firefighter. I, mean, I, I like it. <laughs> well, I was looking for security. I, I had a wife. I still got a wife. <laughs> uh, got have had one baby, another on the way. Uh, you know, she fed him three times a day. So I needed. I needed. You needed a job. <laughs> I needed a job. I worked at a factory where my mom worked, and I worked with my dad at a factory. But they kept. They were starting to lay off. Okay. And I was out of the service. I was going to college on the GI bills, going to junior college at the time. I needed security. And I remember when I took the old board, I said, I need a job with benefits that I can keep for 25, mm -hmm. 30 years. And I took it. I immediately, because I'm community driven, I joined the volunteers. And I remember when Jim Kazar interviewed me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jim. He owned Kazar's Hardware right okay. down here on, on, right. on right here on 83rd Avenue. And uh, by the way, I think Jim is the only surviving uh, retired volunteer firefighter. Wow. Uh, Jim Kazar, he owned wow. Kazar's Hardware. That's unbelievable. I, I just ran into his daughter the other day at a grocery store. Wow, so, so cool. And uh, he owned the local hardware store. But uh, they interviewed me and I came on. And I knew, I knew fairly quickly that this was going to be home. I could, I could see enough that it was growing. The, the folks were fantastic. The, you know, the, not only Jim, but, you know, you had the Carl Wackers and the Jim Pennox and the, uh, Wayne Bradshaw, the Postmaster. You know, they were all wow. all part of this. And uh, one thing they could lean on me is because I did do this for a living is I could bring some technical skills. Mm -hmm. They had heart. And I'm not saying they weren't technical, but they were uh, they, they had businesses to run. Sure. This is what I did. So right. I, I tend to key on a little more. And uh, it was it started right off. It was a match made in heaven. Uh, the first uh, we wrote a uh, my first year full time. Uh, I think I was a captain at the time. We wrote the budget in my living room. Jim come over. We wrote this fire department budget in my living room. I swear to you, that's fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Mary Lou and see if we can do that next year. Just write our budget in, in her living room or mine or, or something. Worked. We went. It was it was a one page line item budget. Isn't that funny how that works? It right. Really you, is. you knocked it out probably over a, a couple of beers and and, yeah. and some laughs, which we is great. Knocked it out. I think the wife uh, had the pot, co coffee pot going. Uh, you know, sandwiches. But you can remember people when they're doing it for the community going to do their very best yeah it's not a job you don't just do it and go home you live it yeah 
for sure. And then you get at that point, you get hired on as the first full time uh, firefighter. Correct. Yes. So that is uh, pretty cool. Right. Well, they brought me in as a captain. As a captain. Okay. And uh, I was working days. And uh, part of my job was in gym and and the the folks were very, very good about it. Um, The city manager at the time really left it. To, to the firefighters, to the gym, and, and them, they were the seniors of the fire. They were the deputy chiefs and things mm-hmm. of this nature of the volunteers. And Jim and those folks, I can't say enough, you can't do something well if you can't work with the people with you. Mm-hmm. And they made it happen. There were so many good things. And uh, we, we decided where we wanted to go, and we built up a training program using IFSTA manuals. <laughs> the librarian, I'll never forget Ann, <laughs> Ann Tillman, I had no training manuals. We had no money for training manuals. She gets an idea. She orders like 30 training manuals for the library, and then we checked them all out. Right. So Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. And just another, there you go, another story of how fire and library and all of the city departments work together. That's important. There are no standalone departments. You got that you right. Got, you need yep. streets. For sure. You need streets that are, uh, one thing we've always had is, I think we've been blessed with a lot of city managers and mayors that understood that growth was coming. Mm-hmm. And they understood public works. They understood we needed streets with wide turns because someday we're going to have ladders and large engines. Right. We needed larger water supplies. We needed the right, we needed the uh, uh, the procedures and things that we had. And they were very good about it. They couldn't give us the financial backing we needed over at the, at the time. Sure, of course. So there was a lot of trust that we would do as much as we possibly could with as little as they could give us, and that we would get. What we could, they would give it to us when the time was there. And that that was not an overnight. That was probably a 25-year journey. Right. And we've that, always had that trust. And that's amazing. Council. You And you helped lay the, the groundwork as, for what is today uh, Peoria Fire, which is uh, one of the best, if not the best, in, in Arizona. It's fantastic. The, the crew that's here, you helped lay the foundation for that with, with those training programs that you put in, but also I think just the the, the overall, um, you, the, like you said, just the mindset that this yes. is community and we are here for each other. Um, I was out today at the fill the boot with um, books yes, sir. Uh, that the fire, that yes, fire sir. charities put on, yes. the Peoria fire charities put on and in everybody who goes out there, all those firefighters that are out there, everybody who works at fire, they were out there volunteering their time. Right. Nobody was out there getting paid. They were doing it for the kids. Absolutely. They, that, to me, is phenomenal. And I was speaking with our current fire chief, who <laughs> knows you well. I love Gary. Gary is great. And he was sharing with me that he is the first captain, or the first, excuse me, uh, de- the first fire chief to go through the Peoria Academy and become. Yes. That, to me, is, is that's Gary, a legacy right Gary there. Gary set another, I think he set another step forward. He was the first, the first firefighter that we hired that went through the process, 30-something years, mm-hmm. and then became chief. But again, I think I told you this earlier. I knew when we interviewed Gary. Yes. I mentioned it, I think it was to Lester Robleski, who at the time was a, a, a division or a deputy chief. And we didn't have the infrastructure we have today. <laughs> but I told him, I said, he's going to be a, uh, he's going to be a chief officer. And you nailed it. And and t- I think it's really cool that he was, he went through, he started, you know, ground level and has worked his way through yes. and now is, is our chief. And I think that's a testament to you and to those, all of those that came before him to lay that groundwork. Yes. And I know how important Peoria, you and I have had many conversations and I know how important Peoria is to you and the legacy uh, of Peoria and, and that preservation piece. You obviously have, have lived it 
and done it for all these years. So with that, let me ask you this. When you... Oh, Go ahead. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> you said we're the best department. Now, I've got a son who's a battalion chief in El Mirage. Here so, it comes. Here Joey, it comes. you're a good department, too. <laughs> I don't want somebody to hear that. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you know what? How about we say this? How about we say all fire departments are the best because we need them, right? I and, think we need them. So uh, that is definitely but, true. So I definitely don't want to leave anybody no. out, but I do think Peoria Fire is, is it's fantastic. It's a step above. It's, and it's its personnel. To people right and that goes back again to the to the groundwork that you and all of all of the folks that that went and built that program and that department up over time you guys really have have done that and so again my question to you is when we talk, when we look at that the historic preservation of not only fire i know how important it is to you but just peoria in general what do you see you are the you are the chairman of the commission what do you see as the historical preservation moving forward how what is it that what's the legacy you want to leave how do you see that happening in the future okay one is uh it's a fire department term called loss it's called stop loss okay uh, where you stop losing more property you may not gain in on a fire but you're stopping the damage we've lost a lot of our history uh in the old town we have and peoria is one of the few communities where we still don't have a discernible center you know sure downtown peoria where is it that's not because anybody did anything wrong. It's because we're still in a building process. Right. And uh, we needed, you know, developers have rights, and they're going to buy property, and they're going to want to develop it. What I think we need to do as part of the historical preservation is we need to start identifying those areas that we do want to save. We're not going to save every building, but we can save what I would consider to be the, the uh, that's what I'm looking for, the theme. Is right. That, oh, yeah. that work? No, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you can do that with a little facade and some offset streets. What did it look like, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago? We're not going to save every building. Sure. Now, there are a few buildings I think we need to save. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to war over the fire. Well, over the you, old know, fire station, hey, okay? you know, and, that, and that's okay. I think that, that's what makes it great. We're going to fight for that. You do have, you do have, and again, your history in Peoria, you have a unique outlook on that that not everybody and especially because peoria is a community that is growing you have people who move here that don't know the history of peoria so i do think that there's an element and it is okay to say hey you know i really this building or this thing is very important to us not only as a commission but as a city so i i don't have a problem with somebody saying hey i want to fight for this or i i want to keep this try to do that those are important so we obviously buildings are a big part of that land are, are there other aspects of historic preservation that you see that may not be so tangible that aren't yes. so building related or land related a, a lot of it is not tangible the tangible parts parts come after the intangible okay and that's vision right commitment and caring we want to do it because it's the right thing to do it's we're not it's not about us right it's about my grandchildren i have grandchildren living in peoria yeah. this is about it's important this right? is important we need a sense of community because if you have a sense of community, remember, communities take care of each other. Mm-hmm. There's a lot here in, in the Old Town, but it's not just about Old Town. Uh, we have a lot of Native American uh, areas up in northern Abs- Europe. Absolutely. We need to really hold on to those. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a youngster, uh, we used to find pottery in the desert. My wife and I used to go shooting when we were in high school. <laughs> and uh, there, there, you could actually see where they had dug the dugouts. Yeah. That lived, and they used to live above the, the river, and they could look down, and they could 
fish and do other things. It was a trading center. Yeah. We need to remember that, that, that there's been history here for many, many thousands of years. I, I think that's a great point. The, the Palo Verde site is a great example of that, that there is yes, history is. long before Peoria was a Peoria, yes. right? Yes, sir. Um, and I, and I, I think that's another element that you have to make sure you are preserving. And I, I think too, and it's something that you are so good at, it's the storytelling, right? It's that, that ability to, um, talk about Peoria in a way that, you know, when you talk about it, there's a passion. There is a passion there because of how strongly you believe in it. So I think that's another element too, right? It's that, well, that storytelling. I, I knew the people that built it, mm-hmm. at least from the 60s, 70s. Right, right from the time you got right. here, sure. And there was a lot of courage, courageous people that came before us. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at those folks that came out from Peoria. Right, yeah. I mean, they making that chance. trek. <laughs> yeah, and, and Peoria wasn't a standalone. I mean, you had uh, just down the road, down toward Glendale, right? We mm-hmm. had Alhambra, the town of Alhambra, mm-hmm. where Sun City is, was the town of Marionette. And this was first a stage uh, route, and then it was a train route. Right across over there by the, the new car wash was was the uh, train station, and we had a water uh, tower. Mm-hmm. We gave it away a little too early. There was things we probably should have held on to because you can't replicate them. No, uh, you know no. you can't. And uh, we can facade them, and that's fine. Sure. Uh, but but those are things that you you don't think about at the time because. It's, it just comes up. It's an opportunity. Well, it is. And it's growth, too. As you grow and things move and, and shitty, cities shift, um, it is hard. And you, it is hard to say, oh, you know, we want to hold on to this because in 10 years right. or 20 years or 30 yeah. years, sometimes that just doesn't come into play. So it's okay to have those conversations, well, though. Uh, Priscilla, Priscilla Cook, uh, when she was with the women's club for years, my mm-hmm. wife uh, was president when they rebuilt the old women's club. Oh, okay. In an unknown fact, that was our fire, uh, our fire offices for a while. <laughs> yeah, true story. It used to be the library. And, it was. Uh, that's correct. The yes. women's club is responsible for the library yes. as well. And uh, my daughter, she would drive. Just I, when I drove her to come to work here, she was probably three, four years old. Would hold hands. I'd take her across Washington. We'd, she'd go in there and sing loop de loo, loop de la, and play around. And then we'd hear them all day. We're running business, but we sure. listen to the kids, which is beautiful. <laughs> and then when she was done, she'd come for the last two hours and wait for me in the office. And she'd call her, and, and the uh, the administrative assistant would help her call her That's and everything. That's unbelievable. It, it was it's a it's a it's a more than a town. It's a community. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. No, you are you are spot on with that, and that's what uh, that you said it before. Community is what makes it possible. Community is what builds uh, the 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 foundation of historic preservation. And uh, I'm excited because again, libraries is is getting involved with historic preservation uh, for yes, the first time, and and uh, I think it's long overdue. I think our the libraries should be involved in this and what we're trying to do. And I know what you're trying to accomplish as the chairman of of the uh, HPC and all that you do. Um, and I, I look to the future and I think we're in good hands with, with you know, a, a Mike Fusco at the, at the head of the table Thank saying, you. hey, this is what's important. This is what we think needs to happen. And that's one of the things like this podcast series that we're doing. I think it's just another way to get information out to people to say, hey, you know, if there's something important to you or if you have an idea, bring it to the HPC, right? Because we have uh, we have these open commission meetings. Um, we have four, six a year, I think now. Yes. So, and we want people to come in and, and bring those ideas and, and come to our meetings as well. Well, and it's important that, the public doesn't just leave it to those that are on the right. Com- we need input. 
Yeah. There's more. How many football games would be really exciting if there's nobody in the stands, <laughs> right? You want it. No, totally. You want people involved. Right. But uh, one of the things that, that we, we've got here is we do have a commitment from the city. And I've always sensed that. That's always been something that Peoria's had. We've been, we've been blessed with great city council members, mm-hmm. great city managers. I mean, I've worked with someone when we were so small. We needed somebody from a small town that had the idea of what growth was like. And then we needed those transitioners like Terry Ellis yeah. that understood. I mean, there was a lot of growth under Terry. And then there was Jim Walker, who I remember coming. We were still basically volunteer. <laughs> so you, but they bring something. We couldn't have done it without our, our volunteers. And look at the few paid that we had that had to work with the volunteers. We'd catch a fire, two paid would go, and the volunteers would meet us there. <laughs> then we started using volunteers to supplement staffing so we could put three on an engine, then four. And that was trust on the part of those volunteers. Mm-hmm. And it was trust on the part of the paid department. Mm-hmm. Because what we did is we we, we transitioned. And I'm going to give Jim Flan- uh, Jim Flanneker, I love Jim. <laughs> he passed away. He was a, a police lieutenant. Oh, okay. But I, I'm going to have to give some credit out here that we were able to work that crossover seamlessly. And as the money's become available, we hired more career. But we made a commitment to Jim Kazar and, and to uh, uh, the Pennock, you know, Pennock, Jim Pennock, and all these others that were, were volunteered. As we became, we transitioned it to a, a uh, part-paid organization, and they became reserves. But we had an understanding with the city and with them and with us. We would never phase out mm-hmm. those volunteers. It's important. They were here as long as they wanted to be here. Now, new people coming in went to the reserve side. Mm-hmm. But we made a commitment. Remember, those volunteers were here before we were. And they brought a spirit, a spirit of can do. Nice. And we married it up with firefighters that got used to that spirit. And long after I was gone, <laughs> that still lives. Sure. I, I think that the, the folks we have today are, are, are some of the finest in the Valley. And I firmly believe that. Uh, I still get invited and I go to. Uh, funerals unfortunately but you know we'll go to uh, uh retirements and promotion parties sure there's we we have um breakfast here once a month the retirees oh really and, nice and, oh the retirees are very very involved i love uh, that uh, uh johnny devero goes downtown and i believe rick picard and they go to the academy and they talk to the these incoming firefighters about the history of peoria fire department now that's important because Rick uh, was one of the first medics we ever had, and Johnny and I rode on an engine together in '78, engine 35. <laughs> so, you know, again, it's the I love the history, I love the stories. Uh, I think, um, I think this is this is part of that preservation piece. It's it's these type of things that I think you put all that in, in into a blender, and that's that's how you get historic preservation. Is that it's not like you've been saying, it's not just the places, it's the people, it's people. and we have to make sure that we are giving that too. Which is why I'm really excited about this this series. Um, so again, we are doing this historic preservation podcast series. This is the kickoff. Um, and Mike, I want to thank you for being here today. I love uh, you. You are you, uh, you are you have so many great stories, and I know we're going to have you back on uh, very very soon. But we will have other guests Great. that are going to be joining um, us in or joining me in May um, to continue this podcast series. You were the kickoff. You did an amazing job. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories. And, and we're definitely going to have you back on because um, I honestly could spend all day listening to your awesome stories. They're, they're fantastic. It, it's been my pleasure. Again, it's a team <laughs> effort. It's not me. It, it, well, uh, fair enough. Yeah. And, and for those of you that may not know, the Historic Preservation Commission uh, does have public meetings. So 
make sure you check the website uh, for those. You can check that at the city clerk's office and get those dates and times. Uh, we invite people out to those meetings. They are public. And, and as uh, Mike said, we would love the feedback, right? We would just yes. love to hear from you. Could I share real quick? Sure. Uh, one thing we have done recently at H- Historical Preservation is we've had we worked with ASU, we worked with outside yep. agencies, and we identified those key steps and processes and identified our sense of direction. Yeah, And that's great. a big one. You know the old army map reading? You got to know where you've been to know where you're going. You're right. And that work plan is a big part of that. It's yeah. huge. And, and we're looking right now at uh, what we're going to do, which buildings we think we can save. Mm-hmm. And for those we can't, how can we build back with the theme, that that town theme that still builds that sense of community? It may not be the same building, but it's going to have the same effect. Yeah, I like that. That's what we're looking at. We want a place where people can go go downtown to the yeah. center of town and enjoy themselves. It's going to be more than buildings. It's going to be entertainment, right. family activities. I, I could speak all day. And yeah, I won't. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and again, if you haven't been down second Saturdays is a great opportunity Absolutely. to come down uh, and just check out the downtown area because Osuna park, uh, the, the performing arts center that's there, obviously our library, the whole city campus is down here. There are things down here to come and check out and oh, yeah. there's, it's always a, a bundle of activity. There's things oh. happening. So this is, this is a great place to come check out. Thank you for, for joining me today. And uh, I, I I'm looking forward to this podcast series moving forward. I was glad to be here. Awesome. Have a good one. All right, Mike. Thanks again. Uh, My thanks to Mike for being here and and telling stories, talking a little historic preservation. Look for the historic preservation podcast series starting in May. Uh, We will have guests specifically talking about their journeys, their historical pasts, um, and then also looking to the future. How do we continue to uh, make sure we are doing uh, our due diligence in preserving the history of our wonderful city that we live in? Peoria is a great place to live. Uh, it is a great place to be, and we want to make sure we're doing everything to uh, to preserve that history. So uh, we will have more to come in May, so be on the lookout for the, that podcast series. Uh, and again, my thanks to Mike. This has been a great episode. I know there's uh, so much more to come with this, and I'm looking forward to it. So make sure, as always, that you get out to these events that are going on. Make sure that you, uh, you check out the website because there's always more information about upcoming events and things that are happening in our wonderful city. So until next time, this is What's Up Peoria.